Hey, uh, congratulations. You have found the casual hour. We are a video game podcast that gets together once a week to bring you the latest news and what's happening with our video game lives. And then maybe a little bit of a story at the end of the episode, depending on how nice you are to us. I am your host, Bobby Pease. Joining me is my faithful co-host, Mr. Chase Kinnicky. Chase, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I don't have a story, so I hope you have one. Uh, it could be how technical difficulties riddled this episode at the start. This is we've had some we've had some shows where we've started the recording and shit went bad. Yeah, but I don't think shit's been so bad before we've even been able to start recording. I remember one a while ago where like Johnny's computer just like completely died. Yeah, it just gave up. Uh, yeah, uh, but other than that. This was rough. We had to switch setups a few different times, switch different things. We were doing Discord. We were doing Skype. You could look uh, at it a few ways. It could be fate. It could just be our perseverance to bring the fans the most authoritative voice in video game news. Uh, it, you know, whatever, you, whatever your glass is, half full, half empty, or not one at all, we're here to talk about our favorite things, which is video games. Yeah, I think that's fair. Speaking of favorite things. Yeah. I don't know if you have a favorite thing now, but Mario I have seems, a favorite thing. Mario seems to be pretty thing. pretty damn good, huh? It's good. It's super good. Uh, again, like it's Mar I I've said this before. It's not like uh, obviously I respect Mario in the same way that you like respect the Beatles. But, but I'm do not you respect out here. Wood? You respect wood? I'm not going to dignify that. Um, so, but I mean, it, it's very similar to that where, you know, the Beatles were, of course, this huge band, huge and influential. And I like a lot of Beatles songs. I'm not, I'm not out here sure. saying that I don't like the Beatles. I, I enjoy the Beatles quite a bit. But like when I think of my personal favorite bands, it's never, you're never going to see the Beatles up there. Like they're, they're somewhere in that higher tier, but they just aren't going to be the ones that kind of really penetrate and get up into that top. And the, and the same with Mario. Like I love Mario games. They are super fun to play. They right. are very inventive. Uh, there's, there's a lot to love about Mario, but I, I, I don't think you're going to find, like, I, I know I have like a top 50 list somewhere and I think super Mario brothers three is the highest one of those. And, and maybe, super Mario world is somewhere there. And if you count Yoshi's Island, I think that might even be a little higher, which we had an episode about this. Well, not yeah. you, Johnny and I had an episode about this and we right. count Yoshi's Island. You count Yoshi's Island, right? Yeah. I don't know if Yoshi, I count Yoshi's, I don't know Island, if I count Yoshi's Island too, but I think I count Yoshi's Island. There, there is no Yoshi's Island too, or not Yoshi's Island too, but, um, Yoshi's story, Yoshi's story. Yeah. Yoshi's story doesn't count. And and honestly, none of the rest of the the Yoshi games after Yoshi's Island one count. Uh, like your your new Yoshi's Island, which came out on the 3DS, your Yoshi's Island DS, any of that shit. Now, anyway, that was another podcast. Um, but uh, just Mario games don't hit me in my perfect spot where where like a lot of great RPGs that I like do. Um, but. Far be it for me to say this is not a fantastic game. Like this game is awesome. And really quick to stop you, just right now, yeah. you've been warned. From here on out tonight, anything that we talk about, we are going to go into some details. So if you have not beaten Mario, if you haven't played Mario, if you haven't 
played, I'm going to say Monster Hunter Stories. We're going to talk about some shit with that later on. Like these yeah. are games. I, I, that, Mario's the big one to worry about. Like that's we yeah. both we both saw credits for that, um, and and I think we both have a lot to talk about when it comes to that game, um, especially like things that happen with with Monster yeah. Hunter Stories. Like I can I can tell you like yeah I finished that game. It's uh, I had a lot of fun with it, but I'm I'm not going to get into story stuff because the story stuff in that is kind of pointless to the experience and. And I would say Mario's story is kind of pointless to the experience too. But the the things that we're going to talk about with Mario are things that totally. are sometimes more fun to discover on your own. So I I do not begrudge anyone who wants to stop right about here and uh, and maybe come to this episode another time. Absolutely, cool. So as you were, good sir, you go to the moon. You go to the fucking moon in this game. Like you collect, you collect a bunch of moons, and then what happens? You end on the goddamn moon. And that was, if that wasn't enough for me, at least, how amazing were the the periods to get you to the moon? Yeah, I mean the the Bowser's Castle stuff. That's the the old Japanese like shogi or so. Yeah. Uh, I I said that wrong. Uh, I don't remember the correct pronunciation right now or the correct phrasing of it. I'm definitely not um, going to help you there. <laughs> but the, the the Japanese temple style uh, architecture of Bowser's Castle, uh, it, it was really different from a from what you see usually in Bowser's Castle, which is a lot more more gothic medieval yeah. medieval European stuff, yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, just super good. I I love all of the different enemies you can turn into. And and the things that you get to do in that game, uh, I mentioned it before, but uh, or mentioned on a, a previous podcast, but they very much feel like a replacement for the suits of Super Mario Brothers Three. Of here's yeah, here's all these things Mario can turn into instead of Mario putting on a suit to be able to get a power. So changing mm-hmm. into a Goomba that can walk on ice normally was was great, or can stack onto multiple Goombas and it, it turns <laughs> into a. Go ahead. Did you just fucking die when you were at a Goomba Tower, just moving about? It's, yeah, absolutely. Like that's that's super cool, and it it makes you play the game in different ways. And and we mentioned before that when you that the the levels are all built around these things as these kind of one off or at least like one world things. Like you're going to. You in this area, you can be a Goomba and we're going to explore the different things you can do as a Goomba that has a much more limited range of motions, but then also has a couple of exclusive things that you can't do as Mario, like stack on top of each other to get really high uh, and to get to this uh, this lady Goomba that will give you a moon if you can find her and kind of get the Carmen San Diego. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, She even has the red hat and everything. Um, and there are just so many monsters in there, enemies in there that you can change into and I'm sorry, capture, capture. Uh, if we're going to use the, the marketing, uh, marketing line there, which is very clever. Um, and there are just some great ones. I love the, the bug that stretches. It's not, God, it's not really so a good. wiggler, but that one was really fun and you get to do some cool puzzles with that. Uh, and then, especially in Bowser's Castle, once you get to that bird that can can peck and and yes. catch into a wall and then flick himself higher, the and that's something that, that 
And it's something that has was building on previous things. Like you had right. uh, in in New Donk City, you had little uh, little stick things that came off buildings, and you could get into those and flick yourself higher. In the the Luncheon Kingdom, you could uh, capture a fork that was stuck mm-hmm. into a mountainside and flick that up higher. So you'd already right. been doing things similar to that, and now here's this free roaming bird enemy. Now you can take over him. Now you can run around as this guy, but you can also explore more things with the flick ability that you hadn't done before. And that that place was awesome. I ended up getting almost all of the purple coins, like the special coins in in Bowser's Castle area, yeah. just because I was having a blast of just exploring this space and exploring what was even possible. I think that that was an incredible interpretation of a world that you've expected to be a certain way, as you mentioned earlier. And so for me to go there and see that style approach to it, like it fit. I mean, like, why wouldn't it? Like I could see if Bowser wasn't getting married, he's probably just fucking hanging out in a Komodo. I mean, like that seems like the type (laughs) of shit that he would do there. Um, One thing that I really liked was, and I don't know the actual name for this character, but uh, it's the football uh, charging charging chuck taking over a charge and chuck was fucking awesome that was so good it was it was really good and i think uh gaining the hammer brother uh that was really like a a frying pan brother at that point in uh, luncheon kingdom was another one of oh i've had to fight these fuckers for years and now i am one and look what i can do i can be an annoying piece of shit too (laughs) just like shaking those (laughs) controllers and watching that shit go that was so awesome Uh, i think too that like you get to a certain certain point in that game and like it all just kind of starts to come together about like the level of care that goes into it and just like the movements and like even the nuances of like how certain characters movements had a different vibration and for me like that was something that like if you're especially if you're holding the joke uh, joy cons it's just like not only is this playing different but like it feels different and i thought that was just like a really awesome little utilization of uh immersion that they brought into the game and especially like when you play these bigger characters like the t-rex or the charging chuck or fucking bowser which was a highlight god that was awesome i mean i i had to i figured from the start there's going to be something where i where you capture bowser because of course there has to be you can't you can't right like it's it's chekhov's gun except it's mario's cap uh, if you want to use the video game thing so like of course that has to happen and they they use it in a very brilliant way near the end to to make kind of like one of those escape things. It felt very yeah. much like a like a Samus ending or a Metroid yeah. ending where you have to escape or like a Halo ending where you mm-hmm. you have uh, like a time limit or at least like a perceived time limit on you as you are as you're going around and trying to like quickly get through little puzzle areas or enemy encounters. And, and it was just really smart stuff. Absolutely. And I think that the the payoff here for the end of the game for me was obviously Mushroom Kingdom and mm-hmm. getting there. And I don't, you know, I, I guess I should have expected it, but I really was taken back quite a bit. And like, I don't want to say it was emotional, but it was emotional. Um, how, how many of the paintings did you go into? Did you do much of the painting stuff? Like prior to the end game? Yeah, like the, the uh, paintings that would be in different levels and they would take yeah. you to different worlds beforehand. I did, I did three of those. Okay, so I did one, and maybe you did this one too. I, I did one that took you to 
the beginning of Super Mario World where you're in nope. Yoshi's. Okay, so that it was awesome, but it also kind of ruined the ending for me because they take you to that island you can't reach out uh, on right. Mushroom Kingdom. And that's Yoshi's home with the big tree with yep. all the, the apple stuff on it and the little fireplace that's right out of the beginning of Super Mario World. And so I'm there, and there's even a little note from Yoshi that's like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm not here right now. Um, and you can go there and you can find a moon. And when you, you can just look out and see like, oh, shit, that's Peach's Castle. Like, wow, look at all that stuff there. That's obviously a place that I'm going to go to at some point that's a i talked to johnny at work and he said the exact same thing he's like oh you didn't get to see yoshi's house i'm like no he's like oh i kind of had the end ruin for me but for me not getting that and going there it's huge absolutely especially if you i mean i i liked yoshi's house because i like super mario world a lot Uh, i have not played a ton of super mario 64 so going to the mushroom kingdom area that is very much just Super Mario 64, uh, or, or at least like very reminiscent of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm sure for somebody who played that game a lot, that there's a lot more to get out of it. I think just hearing the music and seeing those places again, like it's one of those things where it's like I didn't need that. I ne- I ne- definitely didn't want it, but I'm really happy I got it out of that game. Right. Like even just the sound effects, and even just in that place, you get power stars instead of instead of right. moons and and they right. make the power star sounds you hear the da 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 and it's like yeah oh shit like this this place yeah. is fucking That's nuts it. it's fucking it's a museum man it's just like and, and i mean and the biggest museum piece is that you can so in this game you can get different suits and different clothing items from uh from each of the different worlds some of them you can buy with normal coins and some of them you can right. only buy with the the current, the purple coins that you find that are exclusive to each area. Um, And in Mushroom Kingdom, some of the exclusive items you can get are a Super Mario Brothers 64 or Super Mario 64 hat and a Super Mario 64 uh, suit. And they're all rough polygons and you put them on and you look like like Mario 64. Yeah, they they changed the entire uh, they changed the entire uh, character model. And it's only for the suit. Like the hat, you can change hats. So you can still be in a modern hat with right. the old Mario polygon face. And that's ridiculous and great. Um, but you, that uh, gains you access to a special area in Mushroom Kingdom. Did you happen to get that, like wearing that suit? Did you get it wet? And look how weird it looked. Like it's like a, yeah, a it, shiny it, fucking wet like polygon. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was very strange feeling. So uh, I, but, I but just cool. think like that whole sequence there at the end of the game, to me, it was just like that was the payoff. And for me, like I've always enjoyed Mario games. They've they've been very predictable. Like I need to get this to get to this to do that. And in a sense, like you're still doing the same shit here, like you're collecting something and you you need to like, explore and you need you need something to do this to do that. But there is a level of discovery and adventure here that they have not had before um i mean certainly not to this extent i you think about something like super mario world with all the hidden exits and plenty of different secret areas that you can go to you you think about the the star road and how uh, somebody could play this game normally and never find that stuff and then you have somebody who can come in and go oh did you 
find the the secret area behind the ghost house and you go well, what are you what are you talking about no i i i don't know what what is that and then they do it for you and they you unlock it and like, oh, holy shit what is this i can get a yoshi and a cape and a fireball whenever i want to this is this is fucking right. nuts that that whole like, i mean super mario world had a ton of that stuff and and other mario games right. have too like you think of super mario brothers 3 and the and the whistle stuff like there's definitely an element to dis- of discovery in lots of mario games straight up from the original super mario brothers where there's a hidden block that gives you a one-up mushroom in the very first stage or hidden blocks that give you uh those vines that you can climb up and do something in the clouds before coming back down but you're right there is a much bigger discovery aspect in this game where it it very much i mean, I hate I, I hate that I keep saying this, but like we talked about on a previous episode, it feels very much like Zelda in a way of there's it's a much uh, it's a microcosm of Zelda. But here's a world that has a ton of different things to explore and find and experience. And we're going to let you run free in it. And Zelda yeah. just does that as one giant interconnected world, and Mario does it as a bunch of smaller worlds. But they're not tiny. They're they're a couple of smaller ones, but they are still decently sized areas that you're running around to and and discovering just crazy things. And the best thing about the Mushroom Kingdom is that it's not just a victory lap. It's not just Hey, look at look at what you did. Now you get to enjoy this nice little scenery we put out. There are a ton of they still call coins. them moons, even though they look like stars. Right. Uh, but there's like, yeah, there's a whole batch of purple coins to find. There's a bunch of moons to find. There's mechanics that are only in this this stage, like becoming Yoshi, which, um, which is fucking great. It's nuts. Oh, it's so good. And I love that uh, they had him on the roof of the castle again. Yeah, just another reference to a previous Mario game, and and good on him. Yeah, it's fucking great. Like Yoshi is one of the most enjoyable things I've captured in the game. Yeah, easily, totally. Um, and then they they even give you a reason to keep going after that. Princess Peach is not in the castle anymore, but it wasn't because she was kidnapped. It's because she packed a bag and she decided to go sightsee now and so now I, you have to find peach in each level and and that sounds like a fun I, thing i want to want to go back and do i have a theory okay that would make the perfect dlc what playing being that peach? being peach having like this new layer to the levels where she obviously is wearing different outfits she has one of the hats that can change things the yeah. mechanics are there and i think it would bring a different layer to this game. I could see that totally. being something they do. I mean, she'd have she'd have a different move set for sure. Like she could use her her parasol to to float. I mean, she can already float uh, from right. Super Mario Brothers two stuff. And and there's even like a reference to her floating at the end of the game where Mario right. and Bowser just like crash hard back into the moon, and she just gracefully floats back down. Okay. Uh, it's this game's so, really smart. One thing I do want. And I, we didn't talk about it last last episode. I'm gonna make mention of it now. I can't stress to you how much I love the menu system for this with the brochure. Yeah. The oh, map. I I just like going and reading 
Yes. Uh, what they what they've written about each each place because it really is written like a travel bro- brochure. Here are the three things you need to see in New Donk City or right. in Metro Kingdom or whatever the fuck. They those need to be physical collectible media. That'd be awesome. I could totally see that as like a giveaway item or like just like they something need to they, do they, like I want a fucking New Donk City brochure like nobody's business. <laughs> I think those are so fucking cool. It's so smart and it's designed so well. Like it's just a little detail that makes me love that game so much. Um, I mean, if you guys can't tell, we're absolutely enjoying our time with this game. It's one of those things that I just consider uh, a real treat and I can't help but want to explore more of it. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to be in my personal top five because like I said, again, there are games that that hit me right in the the place the they they push my buttons in the absolute perfect way uh right. but Mario will absolutely be in my top 10 because it is just a quality game from front to back. Yeah, I think this is going to be a game that's obviously going to be a domination for a lot of people. Like I can see this being a number 1 across the board for most people. Um I think in, in so. a year where number 1 is going to be hotly contested with uh, with a yeah. few different like huge titles. You talk about Zelda. You talk about Mario. You you talk about, uh, you know, I know un- Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Not for us because we're not PC gamers, but for a lot of people, that's going to be their number one. Like that, there are very legitimate contenders to that throne this year, and Mario has thrown in and said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also throwing my hat in the ring." And <laughs> there it is. Uh, I'm the worst. I um, think that. I think that they've they can walk away from 2017 very happy. Nintendo did totally. a great job. They they have 100% legitimized the Switch in uh, a couple times over at this point. Like yeah. it's got it's got a pretty good selection of indie games on it. It has two of the best games ever from a general standpoint when you're talking about Zelda and Mario. Uh two two those games are probably near the top of their respective franchises if not the top. Uh, of their franchises uh they've just they've done a lot of really good stuff so and they've also done fire emblem warriors i have one last question about mario for you (laughs) yeah go for it let's say a new a a hypothetical new super smash brothers come out all right is cappy so it's a two-part question yeah is cappy going to be an attribute to your character as mario and could you see them doing it to where you could capture the other person's moveset a la Kirby and do some stuff with that. I mean, that that's the problem right there. You already have a person who does that. You, you have yeah. a whole character that's based around capturing people and taking their abilities. Um, there's, I don't love a lot of gaming web comics. I think most of them are super lame and, and trade on really lame ideas, but there was one, that absolutely had that happen. It was oh really? It yes, it was. Oh, it was like a giant collection of shit um, of like Mario capture like Kirby sucks up like Mega Man or something like that. Another person who gains a bunch of powers, and then Mario captures Kirby, and it just became this fucking mess of a <laughs> turducken style. <laughs> like, look, look at this goddamn abomination, and then it exploded or something at the end, and it was just ridiculous. Um, so, uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think that instead of his cape, that instead of his side B attack, it'll be Cappy. 
and and maybe like it'll just be like a hat throw uh boomerang yeah, projectile thing for sure and and maybe it'll uh maybe it'll like change them for like a second or something or do something in that fashion i could also see his his uh smash move if you do or his uh super move rather could be something with cappy where maybe he takes over maybe he takes over bowser well maybe you can't do that because bowser's already in the game but he he takes over something or a few different things and then does a what about his rabbit's gun i i mean i don't think they'll do anything with that because that's a ubisoft, ubisoft thing and not a and not a nintendo thing but i would totally be down for that that could be kind of cool yeah cool. Um, well but yeah i just just thinking I thought about, about that uh, like how's it going to change i think a lot about a new smash brothers game for sure and i think they're setting us up for it we we talked about uh the the gamecube controller support is now on on switch yep. Uh, so there's the groundwork has been laid and uh, 2018 is where Nintendo will need to follow up with uh, some more big titles. I know Fire Emblem's down coming down the pipe and, and we know uh, Pokemon is probably 2019, but we'll definitely hear more about Pokemon and announcing a Smash Brothers either at E3 or, or at a Nintendo Direct anytime around that time would be huge, I would assume, for Nintendo. Yeah, they got some big shoes to fill. And big hats to fill. Um, Good, nice, nice, nice. So, uh, Chase, I I know that we mentioned it previously, but you have been playing and completed finally Monster Hunter Stories. Yeah, I finished Mario and finished uh, Monster Hunter Stories. Well, finished Mario's you kind of a misnomer. I want to hear what the hell you've been doing. Yeah, there's a lot of Mario Odyssey left, and honestly, there's a lot of Monster Hunter Stories left. I, I saw credits in that game, but uh, after you kind of defeat the final boss, there is uh, like a lot more game that opens up and, and a lot of sure. new monsters that you can can go and steal eggs for and then befriend and uh, and there's some really fucking cool ones so I'm I'm still playing that game that, that game's I, that game's delightful like, that game has some really smart mechanics to it it has a this couple game hits things. those buttons you were talking about it absolutely does like this is going to be you know blasphemous for a ton of people out there but I like Monster Hunter Stories better than I like Super Mario Odyssey. It's going to be higher on my personal list because it does the things that does the things that Chasey likes. And then yeah. Chase, Chase, I just need that shit. Um, so what was your so, final? Do you remember what your clock out was on that game? Whenever you got no, to the end of it? Uh, I, I don't because I'd have to quit out of that game to gotcha. access okay. my save file. And I have yet to quit out of that game since I have started playing it <laughs> because I'm Fair. ridiculous. <laughs> um but yeah that that game's really really good and and it's got a lot of smart things in there that pokemon games should totally steal um it it feels like a much more immersive game uh, the having you battle alongside your your monsters is a really uh cool thing to do where where you can kind of do whatever you do uh and you can pick your own move set and then you kind of have to hope your your monster does something that is helpful but the more kinship you gain with it you can uh, and you gain kinship by uh doing well in battle uh you'll you'll gain more kinship and then you can use your kinship to either uh choose what your like look, the idea would be is that you're so in sync with your monster that you could 
tell it what to do because it just knows what you want to do. Or you can wait until the kinship gauge completely fills and then do, you can get on top of your monster and ride it and be uh, like, have a a couple super (laughs) uh, (laughs) can have uh, like a couple of different attacks and then do a super move at the end of that. And it's just, it's really it's really interesting to me. I, I'm having a lot of fun playing it. Uh, there, there is some tediousness to it, especially when it comes to capturing new monsters, because you aren't just capturing them. You have to go in and go to their dens and steal an egg and take it back. And there, there are ways to get guaranteed eggs of a certain species. But most of the time, you'll be going into some random den, grabbing an egg and booking it out of that place. And then you take it back to hatch it, and it could be a number of different things depending on the zone that you got it from. Sure. So it, it does add some randomness in there where it's like, I still haven't got a, I'm going to mispronounce this. I think it's called a, a devilijo or dev, devil, devil ho. It, it's devil and then J H O. I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> um, devil Joe. Yeah. Devil Joe. There you go. Um, <laughs> but I haven't gotten Devil Joe yet because he's I, he's been elusive to me. I haven't gotten an Ash Ketchawacha. Ketchawaka. Devil Joe. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm having I just had a ton of fun doing it and and now I've got a, a sizable thing of monsters. I think I'm only missing like four or five uh of the of the ones that you can befriend. And and yeah, it's been it's been good. I want to play that. I finished that game. It's it's great. I mean, I learned later it was based on an anime that's out in Japan uh, that is very much like child anime thing of, oh, we're going to be friends together and we're going to overcome stuff. And uh, but honestly, like it's it doesn't feel like a caching game. It feels really good and smart. Awesome. I like it a lot. So you're going to continue playing that game, it sounds like, because there's still some shit you need to catch. And yep. um, I don't, I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to support this game for a bit with other DLC packs like they did with the Zelda stuff. So they kind of already do. I, I, I don't know if it'll get um, like proper DLC, but because it's based on this show and it was running during the same time as the show, during the show they would put up QR codes at breaks. And you could oh. scan those QR codes to get things in the game. And a lot of them were just items, but but like you could get different things there. And then there's also like some download stuff. I wouldn't, I guess it's DLC, but it's all free stuff that's just there and you connect to the right. internet and grab it. Like, like I told you before, there is some Legend of Zelda stuff that you can download yeah. and get, or download and gain the chance to get. You can, you have to jump through a couple more hoops, but you can get Epona as a monster. You can get Link's, uh, tunic and hat and then you can get uh the master sword i have not gotten the master sword because that requires you to play online competitive games and i'm not gonna do that <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> i would be getting yeah. my ass kicked and i don't want to have that happen but i've i've found a really cool set of armor and i've made a really cool a couple really cool weapons that i'm very happy with oh. so i'm the, that qr code stuff i don't know if you know this or not but um now that you have a fancy pants new iphone if you just open the camera, like just the camera app on it. Oh, it just detects it? You don't need a reader anymore? Correct. Nice. So uh, if you do see stuff like that in the future, you can just open up your, your phone and hit the camera and take take that. Cool. Uh, 
Cool, man. Well, I'm excited to hear more about that game. I need to play it. I'm going to play that game before the end of the year. I promise you that. Uh, I mean, if you just play the demo before the That's end of the year. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. You certainly don't need to go and buy the game. It's a long game, even if you kind of critical path it, like uh, unlike what I did. But um, it's definitely worth trying out and seeing what it's like. You're, yeah. you're going to hear me talk about this game at, uh, during game of the year time, for sure. Very cool. Um, well, I have been just fucking sweating in Egypt is what I've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Just nonstop sweat in Egypt. Uh, have you ever I'm been to Egypt? No. God, no. Yeah, I neither would, have I. I don't think I'd fare very well there. <laughs> I'm, I hate uh, being I, hot. Yeah. And big and pale. I know it's kind of uh, there's some strife stuff going on uh, when you when you talk about that whole area at this point. But man, I would really like to visit Egypt sometime. I think seeing the pyramids in person would be absolutely insane. Yeah, and that's a cool part of of where I'm at in the game right now is that like I've actually got to go to some pyramids. And yeah, absolutely. There's pyramids. I'm sure the Sphinx uh, has some stuff in that game. Yeah, there's man. a Sphinx in Mario Odyssey. Yeah, there's a few. Did of you them. find this? Did you find the Sphinx on the moon? No, not yet. Oh, so there's he's hidden in the back uh, of a level, and I don't know if I need to do something else uh, beforehand. Actually, you know what? Now that I've finished the game, I probably do need to go back to it. Yeah. Um, but when I went up to him, he's he's just like, "I have a riddle for you," and his riddle is, "Should you really be answering questions right now?" and the it's a multiple choice question and the only answer that's negative is like well and when you when you say well he's like yeah you're right and he's like i have nothing more to say uh, so now so now that i've rescued peach maybe maybe i can go back to him and maybe there's something more because i know there is that because there is that one in a very early level the forest kingdom right that you uh you answer a riddle to and then you can go behind him and, and find something else so Absolutely. anyway more more mario talk more Mario talk. Um, so I've, I think I've hit level 24, 23, 24 now. Do you know what the level cap is? So far, the highest level quest I've seen is level 40. I don't know what the okay. cap is. I'm assuming it's 40 because that's the, uh, that's the phylate quest. And those guys are sons of bitches. Real tough, okay. And I think that's where it's at. I, this is such a big game, man. Uh, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm trying to do like a three to one ratio where I do three side quests to one main quest mm. and uh, just keep my level progression going. But you do kind of hit a grind in this game where you have to really start to go out and get some XP because the level scaling that you encounter in this game is rather difficult, I think. Like they do a nice job of keeping combat uh, pretty much. I mean, there's some predictable elements like the type of guys you encounter, like archer versus a swordsman versus an assassin versus by lake but right. um they're all they scale them up based off your abilities pretty nicely and is there any multiplayer in this game like i like, so like similar to previous assassin's creed games or or anything no, like that not that i've seen but there is a uh did you ever play the uh hd remake of the wind waker for wii u i did not so they added this really cool feature that for a social standpoint where they added the selfie camera to the game. Right. And you could do a message in a bottle. And so you could draw and like do a hint. So like if you were at a boss battle, you could like take a picture and like scribble in a message 
and you throw this message in a bottle that you can go and retrieve while you're there. Um, oh, on, Dark Souls. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very, it sounds very similar to the bloodstains of Dark Souls. Oh, well, there's on your map now when you're looking, there's a little photograph. And if you hover mm-hmm. over it, it'll show you uh, a user submitted photo for that area. That's cool. Um, yeah. So like that's about like the only multiplayer stuff I've seen so far. The, I mean, the, the reason I asked is because I know Ubisoft has been doing, I said it right that time. It's Ubi, not Ubi, apparently. Really? <laughs> um, yeah. I guess, it, I guess uh, it depends on who said, like what region's talking about it. Uh, maybe. Like at, at E3, you hear them say Ubisoft and they, they work there. So I would assume they would know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, it, it seems like all their games are becoming more like all their games. Yeah. And, to to think of the way Far Cry has embraced co-op game co-op gaming and Wildlands is embracing co-op gaming and uh, Rainbow Six uh, Siege is is all about playing with with multiplayer stuff and Assassin's Creed has not always but it's had it for a while now the uh, the the hide in plain sight kind of assassin mode uh, multiplayer right. stuff that was that seemed really cool I didn't engage with it too much but it it always seemed like a really interesting idea. Right. Um, like that, I just I would figure like this game sounds like it's kind of ripe for co-op, especially because you kind of have two main characters, right? It's the guy and his wife. Yeah, and so I've only got to play um, one level so far as the wife. Okay, and it was it was literally lifted from Black Flag. Mm. Uh, it's a naval battle, which is great. Okay. And so if you liked that aspect of Black Flag, they brought that over to this, which I, that was one of the highlights of that game to me was like just how well they, they captured that sense of the sea and, and battle there. Um, I think you might have a mission where you're actually her, but now that I'm at the point where they're starting to do a little bit more of like you're understanding what's going to come to be to cause the assassins to be. Which is right. Neat. I did read a review uh, for the game, which it was reviewed quite highly. I'm I'm actually quite interested in this game now, um, but it sounds like there are a few different times where you take control of her, and, yeah. and she has a different kind of loadout than than what he does, or he doesn't have, or she doesn't have all the the power stuff that he does, but she has her own kind of stuff that makes her unique and and interesting to play as. I'm kind of anticipating to be a lot like syndicate so syndicate you could change on the fly uh between a brother and sister and the brother was right. just a brute force and she was a sly uh assassin and those are some cool things um and the way they do it it's not like oh and here's another character just for the sake of another character they actually make it make sense as to why they're doing it um so i i, I don't have a whole lot more to, to say other than I've gotten to explore more of Egypt and I'm really getting to see some really cool things. Um, I can't remember the city I was just in. Like it was by far like one of the most lush cities yet in the game. It was just very cool. Like I find myself walking around and exploring the city just as much as I'm equally looking for things to do. Like they've done a great job of capturing feeling. The NPCs yeah. are are great. The 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 time of day so like again you can go at night and day and it's just really really well done like it's there's a level of polish to this game that they've not had before i mean these these last couple of years has really seen that rise of the the selfie stuff in games or at least photograph mm-hmm. modes in games really permeate everything and uh, like 
I think it's because just games are getting really pretty at this point, and yeah. it's it's just nice to be in a lot of these worlds. So you see Assassin's Creed does it. Uh, you mentioned The Wind Waker before. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey has a has a pretty good mode of of taking snapshots. Uh, like Breath of the Wild. Like even Monster Hunter Stories, which I just talked about, has like it's not really a selfie mode, but you make your rider card. And you can put yourself in a in a variety of different poses. You can pose with your main monster, and it has a, a few different backgrounds that you can choose from. So it's right. it's still like some player expression of this is this is what I am. And even in a even in that uh, Dragon Quest Eight game that I played, the the remake, the or not remake, kind of the port to to 3ds. In Dragon Quest Eight, they added a photo mode that you can use uh, in the game to like get new items. Like somebody will ask you to take a photo of something in the world, but then you can also make a postcard in that game and take a photo and pose yourself in it and put other members of your team there, and then you can post that online and and look at other people's photos. And it's it, it's just it's nice. It's a really nice thing oh, totally. because it, it's just something that that makes you want to feel more a part of the world. It's not a combat heavy thing. Uh, it's not combat at all. It's, it's just a, Hey, look, this is me. I think this place is cool. I'm wearing some cool gear. I have a cool monster with me. It, it's, it's that player expression stuff that just is, is so smart. And so, uh, it's just so sweet and, and light. And, and that's something that games, I totally embrace that games are, are, starting to do more of that sure i mean like the the photo mode i remember i used it quite often in horizon and they even when they added some of these uh little updates like they added a whole new layer to it where you could add you could unlock face paints for the photo modes and it was like you can add this extra flair to your character and do these great things with it and um it is neat it's a it, it's really, really well done. And I, I, I'm just going to echo what you said on that. Like, It's been a breath of fresh air for sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep fucking playing this game. Like I, I've got Mario that I'm going back to and Assassin's Creed now seems to be a really big focus of, of mine and will be for the rest of the year, it seems like. Yeah, I, I would like to play it before the end of, end of the year and I just know I'm not going to get to. There's too many other things to get to that I that I... I don't know if I necessarily want to play more than Assassin's Creed because it's it it sounds like it's it's really well made and and will press those buttons for me a lot. But you know I gotta I gotta borrow one of your copies of Horizon. I gotta borrow or you or Johnny's copy of Horizon. I need to borrow uh, <laughs> Wolfenstein when one of you guys finishes it. Like I there's a lot of stuff out there that I just feel the need to finish. And I know Assassin's Creed is going to be a super long game. And I know Horizon is going to be like a decently long game. But yeah, I mean, the way you've talked about it, I, I definitely need to, to jump in on that. Absolutely. So you played something new, I see here. I, I did. I did. And so uh, <laughs> I know that this is something that we've talked about anticipating for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'll I'll just say it. It's Steven Universe Save the Light. Uh, it's a PS4 game. I think it's twenty or twenty five bucks, something like that. It's it's higher than like the fifteen dollar indie game thing that you'd expect. Um, it might even be thirty bucks. I think about, it. but it's um, 
it's based on the show, uh, Steven Universe, uh, which is on Cartoon Network, and I, I love that show a lot. Uh, there was a game previously that was made for it on the iPad uh, called Steven Universe Attack the Light, and I love that game a lot. I, I don't know... Did that was come doing... before the TV show? No, 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 no. It, it came way after the show. Okay. Uh, but uh, I, that was a game I played on my iPad and had a blast with. It, it very much felt like a simple and short version of Paper Mario. That okay. it, it had like the action commands during combat. So if an enemy attacked you and you hit the button at the right time, then, well, on the iPad, you'd tap the screen at the right time. And you'd take less damage or there would be a meter on the screen when it was your attack. And if you hit the meter just right, you'd get uh, some bonus damage or maybe a bonus effect. Or if you hit hit them right at the right time, you'd get some extra damage on on your on your charge or whatever attacks you kind of did. And and it was great. It, It was it was short, but it was pretty smartly designed. And I had a really good time with it. So the the same studio, I believe it's called Grumpy Grumpy Face Studios, is uh, it made Save the Light, and it was coming out for PS4, and it was going to be this this much bigger, deeper experience, and it is, it absolutely is, it is pretty cool. It's yeah, it's gorgeous. First of all, like let's let's get out there. It's not the exact art style from the show. But it's kind of that same slightly simplified version that the iPad uh, one used. But now just the areas that you explore are so much richer and the colors pop out. And it's if if Cuphead hadn't come out this year, I'd be saying this is the most gorgeous game of of the year. You showed me a screenshot of that when we were hanging out and that game looks great. Yeah. I mean, if and if you watch the show at all, there's so many good uh references especially near the beginning because you are right in beach city which is the the main setting of the show so you can go around you to the different people's houses you can see characters from the show they talk like the characters from the show because it's written the the whole game is written by the uh by the head by the creator uh, rebecca sugar of the show uh even when you start the game it's it shows a title card uh, that it would show during the show and, and it just says save That's the light. Cool. Like this is the episode title is save the light and it's created by Rebecca sugar and grumpy face studios. And it's, it's just a title title slide that comes right out of the show. And it's super smart. There's lots of sound effects. People talk the way they talk. There's uh, some not completely voice acted, but there is some voice acting from the actual voice actors uh, that, that play those characters and it's it's delightful. Is and then you a, get in. Is it a much different steering of gameplay from the original one? Yes and no. Like it, it's an expanded version of that. Okay. It's it still feels like Paper Mario, where it has the command action things. You're still picking from a menu of, of different attacks. You still have kind of an action point uh, total. Like uh, I uh, at this point, when I get into a battle, I have five stars or five action points per turn and it kind of plays like an active time battle thing from from final fantasy where there's a gauge that will keep spinning and once it gets back to the to the hole once it fills up entirely then you'll get your five action points back and you can stack things so i could 
use an attack that was four action points and then I get five. So now I have six for the next turn to use. Like they'll, they'll keep stacking up if you, if you let them. Um, and you can, it's so smart in its combat. It has so many different characters that you can play as, and they all have different, uh, way different abilities from each other. And there are different ways to combine them that are, are really inventive. So, Again, you're you're not a watcher of the show, so some of these references are going to kind of fly over your head. But um, Stephen's father is a is a regular guy, so Stephen's kind of this half um, half supernatural thing and half human because his yeah. his mom uh, had had sex with a uh, with a man, a uh, human man, and then because she's weird, she. Uh, turned into Steven. Um, so the, the dude lost his, his wife and gained a son and it's just kind of the way the premise of the show works. Um, so it's kind of like he, he's star Lord. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're in a way. Um, and then he's also got a group of, of they're called the crystal gems. They are supernatural beings uh, from different uh, precious Precious stones. So there's diamond, or not diamond. Are the uh, the bad ones? There's garnet, amethyst, and pearl. Like those are those are the crystal gems that are your kind of team. And then, uh, but anyway, so Stephen's father, Greg, is kind of this old, washed up guy who uh, you know used to be in a band and used to be like a, a big rock and roll guy, and now he owns a car wash and he's got uh, a van that he still kind of uh, like semi lives out of and. Sure. He, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of hair on top, but he does let it flow behind him like a like an old kind of washed up rocker does. And he still plays guitar and he's got a farmer's tan. He's just ridiculous. And I love him. Um, but you can have him in battle like he's he can be part of your party and he doesn't do any physical attacks because he's not strong. He's not a gem. He's, he doesn't have those abilities. But what he does have is a guitar. So. <laughs> He he kind of acts like a like a bard character <laughs> where he's out there music. that can Yeah. Like so you can have him start a song. He can tune his guitar, which takes two action points, and then after you tune the guitar, you can do a variety of different things. So he starts out with uh an attack. So it can just be this damage over time thing that'll pulse. He'll put take his little amplifier out and it'll just pulse his music and it'll do a little bit of damage, but it does it while it in the duration of him playing. Um, or he has a healing one that will heal characters, heal your characters uh, as he plays. Sure. But if an enemy attacks him, they will stop his, his rock show and he'll say something like, Oh, sorry, I guess, I guess the show's over now. And, and so then you'll lose that. So then there are other ways uh, like Steven has a bunch of uh, defensive capabilities and support stuff that he can do. And, and in the show, he's he has a shield and he's able to make protective bubbles around people. So what you do in the game is you now put a protective bubble around Greg. And that means whenever an enemy attacks him, he can absorb one attack without getting hurt, which means he can keep playing his guitar. Awesome. Even though. Yeah. So it's just a way to to build that. And then you have other people in there who can do direct damage and have swords or have big punching gloves. Uh, but they all just have 
these very smart move sets that make sense for the characters, but are also used in a very uh, in a very clever way when it comes to gameplay mechanics. So I love that, and and I love the way it's written, and the story's been good. Everything about this game is fantastic, except that it's a broken piece of shit. Really? And that's where the other shoe drops. And it's it's got a lot of bugs in it. Oh, There's no. There are times where you run around and your character just stops moving, and you have to uh, go into a menu and then get out of the menu, and now, okay, you can move again. There are, it, it's kind of got Chrono Trigger combat where, okay. uh, where you can sometimes surround enemies or, or enemies will move around the play field and you can kind of uh, set up attacks. So like with Greg's uh, damage over time guitar stuff, you can use Steven or somebody else to attack and push somebody closer to, to Greg as he's jamming because if enemies are closer to him during the pulse, they'll take more damage. So okay. there are ways to kind of push enemies around the screen and kind of strategize for it to, to get the optimal result. Um, the problem is sometimes enemies will just kind of run off screen um, when they're not meant to, and then you can't attack them. And then, you know what? Sometimes the game just soft and hard locks at different times and you have to close it out. And, were they it's, rushed on this game, you think? I don't know. Maybe. It could be. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe Cartoon Network was like, hey, you really need to get this game out. Like, we're expecting it to be done now. But it it just, it's really broken. And it's sad. It's so sad. Because it's... Because it seems like it's got so much working for it. This would be a top five game for me easily if it wasn't broken. So there's a software so, update before end of year. Uh, the good news is uh, there should be a software update any day now. Uh, Grumpy Faces has been out on Twitter. It's like, we know there are problems. We've we've heard you guys uh, talk about it. We're uh, putting together patches as quickly as we can. And, you know, it because it's through PS4 and not on Steam or something, they have to kind of certify them through Sony before they can put out patches. So uh, they've addressed a lot of the problems already, and they're working on it. And... Honestly, I'm okay with that. This is okay. This is kind of the best case scenario, really, because it would be way worse if the game was ran brilliantly and was boring, or the game design was bad. The game design here is great. It's it will be a good game sometime. They just need to work right. out the the bugs of technical issues. Sure, and and that's, and that's something that's, that can be fixed. You you yeah. can't you can't fix bad design, and no, but you but, can fix this. So I've put it down for a while. Uh, I'm going to wait for a patch to come out. But once it does, I I totally plan to jump right back into this game. And if they fix it before game of the year time, you can expect me to talk about this game a lot more because it is really good. I I saw some pictures that you showed me. I looked up a little bit more. It does look great, man. I'm, I'm super glad you're having so much fun with it. I have the first one on my iPad. I'll probably play that. At some point, in time yeah, as well. definitely give it a shot. It's it's a very short experience. Attack the light, uh, yeah. and and it's it's pretty easy to get through. It's not, it's very, it's pretty linear, uh, but it it has a lot of the inventiveness that this one does. Uh, but but save the light really does just expand on things in a lot of really good ways. Especially if you watch the show. If you're a fan of Steven Universe, there is so so much 
good reference material here that you just you kind of need to see once they make it not broken. Right. Um, cool, man. Well, I'm glad you're having a great time with that. I look forward to hearing some updates if they do update the software on that. So speaking of uh, some mobile games and going back to uh, our friend Mario tonight, I, I got a shiny new toy uh, last Friday. I got the new iPhone 10. And as I was setting up this phone, uh, they have a big category for games that have been updated for the iPhone 10. And on that list was Super Mario Run. And I was thinking to myself, that would be a pretty great experience uh, for the design of this phone, considering it's all screen. And that's a very straightforward game. It's a really pretty game. Might not play that well, but it's a very pretty looking game. So I decided um, they'd been they'd done some updates for the first year. I'm going to give it a shot, go back into it and look at it. And I have Mario Fever, so I want to see if that's going to change how I ended up feeling with this game. Which, for those of you who have never listened to the show, I was a fan of Mario Run. Uh, I know that that was a bit polarizing here on the Casual Hour with uh, Chase and Johnny at the time, but it's fine. Like it was its own thing. Like I, but. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I, I kind of stopped playing it. I did re-download it when I got my 8 Plus because uh, it had way more space on it, but I have not gone back. So I'm I'm kind of interested. Uh, I kn- Obviously, I can't take advantage of the uh, the iPhone X features, but, um, but from what they've added over this year, basically. When did it come out? It came out this year, December. didn't it? It came like out. December of last year. Okay. December last year. And did their okay. update uh, end of October. Or early right. October. So what's so, uh, what's new here? They got a remix feature that they have front and center. That's what they really want you to play. Um, and what they do is is they take uh, a randomization of ten levels, and there's three coins in each level. And like mm-hmm. I'm talking, like these levels go for maybe thirty seconds, if that. They're probably shorter than that. And the idea here is is that. You are working on collecting like a daily bonus of coins from this, and you can collect enough coins to unlock a special prize from Daisy. They've introduced Daisy into the game, mm-hmm. and so um, they're like a daily mini challenge for the game. Like, uh, do these things. It's going to go back and play some of the levels we already have, but give you these new remix coins. Sure. And what kind of stuff are you getting from Daisy? Like, is it just more things to put in your into your kingdom area? Yeah, that would be it. And then, uh, I don't know, I think that you have to get to a certain amount, but Daisy will become a playable character. Right. Um, and I, I talked to you about this before offline, but one thing that they've done to it is they've 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 really encouraged you to use your own soundtrack for this game. Mm-hmm. And a little neat thing they do is when you listen to your own music with headphones, your character puts on a set of headphones also. Um, that is good. So not not to interrupt you, but just it reminded yeah. me of um, I follow this this Tumblr account that is just old um, video game manuals. And and I, there's another one that I think the same person runs that's like old video game advertisements. But uh, he just recently put out the uh, a bunch of scanned images from the Mario Paint. Uh, oh, manual. Yeah. And in one of those, Mario is playing a piano and he has headphones on and I used my limited uh, Photoshop skills to trim out the piano part. So now I just have like a three quarters or like a bust of Mario wearing his headphones that I, 
awesome. I desperately want to use for something podcast related at this point because it it just seems totally perfect. Yeah, absolutely, man. Maybe I'll send um, it to you and and you can put it in like our our show logo for this because that would make sense. And we're since we're talking about two different yeah. Mario games, cool. That'd be I'll great. send it on. Um, and how can people see all those cool images, Bobby? <laughs> Uh, we actually have an Instagram that's been pretty dead lately. Um, I've been, I've been a terrible host at that. But uh, <laughs> but all the all the images are also on our website too for the for the different podcasts, aren't they? Yes. Um, okay. They are. They are on there. Uh, we put our header, so we do a custom piece of artwork for every episode. And you do. Like, let's let's give credit where credits due. <laughs> you make all of these, and I I find them to be very good. I have saved them all in a folder. And Thanks, I will continue man. to do so as the show continues. So it, we, we try to bring some sort of element of what we talk about into the artwork. And usually, at least for the last few episodes, it's been heavy-handed on a particular game because that's the time of the year that we're in. Uh, but we do a montage of sorts, and we try to keep them thematic. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Like, it's, it's something that I, before my job at Apple and before all this shit, like, I did some design work, and I was never widely successful but i always had a fun time doing it as a hobby and it's been a nice reason to use that skill set and tool that i have absolutely um yeah thanks for the plug there chase um so the casual super mario uh, run super mario run it's not different than what you remember it's a good one-handed pick up and go game that's all i got to say about that cool um but it'd be a better game if you could play it with people (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't think that game would be better if you could play it with people, but but I get how that leads into our our topic of the day, which is the best cooperative games uh, that we've played. So if we're gonna if we're gonna brag really quick on on what we do here at the show, uh, you put together our show notes every week, and you always have a clever title for a working title. And I I, gotta, I try. I had a real good chuckle with this week's working note. <laughs> I had a real good chuckle. And uh, so, you, so we're really just tooting each other's that? horns here. Like you, you show. I, I talk about your great art. You talk about my great titles. the The sad thing is they never end up being the final title because we always say something during the show that I think is is better to put in those spaces. But I agree. I I had a good time with this one. So we're talking about co op games. Usually the the uh, topic. Uh, dictates kind of where I go with the the placeholder titles, but this one, this one was episode seventy five Cadillac Coop or Co op Deville. <laughs> it, it works a lot works a lot better in text than it does say in it. But uh, Co op Deville, Cadillac Co op Deville. I it's yeah. so good. God, it's I'm so a, good. I'm a ridiculous human being, but that's those are fun to do. Um. So yeah, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite co op games. And this is a weird topic for me because I I think we've mentioned it before. I don't play a lot of games with other people. And, and more recently I have been because I have you and Johnny sure. to, and uh, and your cousin Jason to play with on, on different games. Uh, yeah. Especially a game that we don't want to talk about tonight. But a game that we, we will, will not mention tonight. It's it's that game that we talk about all the time. Um, yeah. That, that uh, has a two that came out this year. <laughs> um Yes, but we won't we won't talk about it tonight, even though it probably is our favorite co-op game, I would imagine. Yes, uh, that's true. <laughs> uh, it might. Be, we're, we'll mention it in the, that the next segment. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, so 
I just don't play that many games cooperatively because I just I find playing games on my own to be a better experience or it's hard to find the time for somebody to either come over to my place or me go over to their place or even just to find each other online. Like people have different schedules now and all my friends work in stupid retail jobs with dumb hours. So yeah. they're never like I need more friends with nine to fives like me. I know Fucking Bobby. <laughs> um, I know, man. but, but through my years, I have played some games cooperatively and I've had a good time with it. And I, and I, I like this topic a lot because there's, there's something that changes when you're playing a game cooperatively that is, is very different from playing single player. And, and those are the cooperative games that I like the most or that ones that change really functionally change the way you play them when another person is there. Like I know we have some games on here that are kind of arcade games and a lot of those arcade games it's just playing with a second person. It doesn't really well, yeah, change anything. I, I think that there's a difference between a game that you play with somebody, uh, just experience, and there's a, a game that you play objectively with somebody. Yeah. So, like, let's let's start the show with a showstopper here. My favorite co-op game ever is Portal Two. And I think that that's let's just let's call it what it is. That's like the high water mark. I, I think it absolutely is. It's it's a dedicated mode that requires two players to to even right. start. Um, although there's a pretty good uh, games done quick uh, where one guy is playing as both. Uh, that is nuts. Um, yeah. But like this is it. It's a mode that was made for two people to play. the The level sure. design was made for two people. The puzzle design is made for two people, and you you can't just play the game on your own and and do well you you have to rely on the other person and the reason i love this game so much uh, especially the co-op part of it is that when you find it, like if you find the right person to play this game with like if you find a person of similar intelligence or similar ability to uh, control it, uh, that that's a person that you should hang on to. <laughs> like yeah. that, that's a person that's worth their weight in gold. Um, if, it, if it's a girl, you should marry that girl right then and there. You just <laughs> get down on one knee and go like, hey, we played Portal 2 very well together. We should just, you know... <laughs> let's, ma- let's, just, oh, let's play Portal forever. Yeah, basically. Um, uh, I, although I say Watley, that... Watley, will you marry me? <laughs> uh, so the one the one time I did play through the, the co-op mode, and I've only played through it once because I just haven't found another person to play with, um, is like that that person was fantastic. Like we, we were bouncing off ide- bouncing ideas off each other. Uh, she, she would try saying like, okay, well, what if we did this? And we'd try that. And okay, that, that didn't quite work, but I think, okay, now that we've tried that, I, I think there's elements of that we can take and, and try with this and to puzzle it out that way. It just led to this, um, to this great sense of accomplishment that you share with another person. And that's part of right. the great thing of, of co-op gaming and I haven't done one of these, but I assume like that's similar for like an escape room. If you've ever gone with a party to do these escape oh, right. room things, 
and oh we're having to puzzle it out together or even like even a trivia night where where you go as like a group to play trivia it's like okay this guy knows math so we're gonna rely on him for the math part of the stuff and this this person knows sports a little bit better so but when we combine our forces now we're this really special thing and and portal 2 gave me that and and uh like when i finished it with that girl is fantastic. So, so Rachel, if you're out there and you're listening, and you you are definitely not, <laughs> um, but you should like be, that, Rachel. You're missing it's, out. It's one of my top experiences ever. Uh, she is married to somebody else now, so that uh, <laughs> that's not going to work out. Um, like I like I said, but uh, but that was fantastic. It's one of my favorite memories ever. Uh, Atlas and Peabody, those two characters are are fantastic. So, uh, like that's that's where I put the high water mark. Uh, for for co-op gaming and I, I mean I'm, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you jump in here but I want you to talk about this game more than me um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna say it that De- destiny 2 like that's that's where we are yeah. right, both both of the destiny games and like that's another game though where playing it cooperatively is not just playing with another person and and you you could like, I mean, another person exactly like you, you could, you could play as two Titans that have uh, similar loadouts and things like that, but there's still complementary stuff that you can play as. And when you're able to get that, that Trinity, that Hunter Titan warlock together that are all doing right. different moves, they complement each other in such a way that like, that game becomes magical. Oh yeah. I mean like this game, so, I think there's a lot of MMOs out there that really are collaborative playing, co-op playing, that people will swear up and down by. And, and listen, Destiny and Destiny 2 are both not without fault. But one thing, not. That, one thing that they've absolutely done is encourage people to experience something together. And I think in gaming, like whether you were comparing high scores, whether you were comparing... Uh, or fighting on a, on a fighting game, or later on, like playing multiplayer shooters, or tackling, taking turns with the controller, there's something to be said about it. And with Destiny, there is a sense of companionship you get when you do this. And I can say confidently, my time with Destiny 2 was, we pretty much beat the game with three of us, you, me, and Jason. Yeah. And we went through that game start to finish. And that game is so much about the people that you play it with, that it highlights your previous adventures if you have them by showing you your feats of strength, so to speak, and the people that you did that with. I was really, like, I was really kind of disappointed at the beginning of Destiny 2 because a lot of Destiny 1, until I played it, until I started playing it with you, which was way after release, like, that that game was, like, all just me solo or me with, with random matchmaking people totally. that that they aren't going to surface uh when when in, when you're in that so when destiny 2 started and it had that really good moment of remember when you went to the black garden and you defeated this guy and you did it with your crew of well it was just you like, yeah it was just me wasn't it <laughs> uh but now i'm excited because when and if there's a destiny 3 well when there won't be there will obviously right. be a destiny 3 um all my shit is going to say you beat it with uh, Jones or XXXY Jonesy XXYX whatever the fuck and Lumberjack yep. Smack, uh, yep. and, and you the three of you did all this crazy shit together, and I'll be like, fuck yeah, we did. We had a great ass time. 
Yeah, it was awesome. And I just think that, like, you do some of these things where you'll see, like, oh, my God, Chase just brought us all back to life as we thought we were not going to get through this. Or we were able to pull off a super with 30 seconds left, maybe, to kill this guy in the time frame. There's just fun shit there. And that game is absolutely all about a social space. And yeah. Um, they they say that you can do it on your own, and I feel really bad if that's how you have to play that game because it's definitely better together. It's let, it's let, totally better together. Let me ask you a question, Chase. Do you remember the first video game you played with somebody else? Yes, but it was not cooperative, or not not really cooperative. Okay. Like, do you I remember mean, your it first was, co-op game? Uh, yeah. Well, mm, no, no, I guess not exactly. Like I. Here's the thing. It, it, I would say Super Mario Brothers because, you know, Super Mario Brothers is something you could play. One person played as Luigi, one person played as Mario. That's technically co-op because mm-hmm. even though you're not playing at the same time, if one person right. gets to the end of a level, both people get to the end of the level. So right. there is kind of a cooperative experience going on there. I would there. totally count that as the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even Duck Hunt had like a, like you could have just like co-op right? and competitive and competitive. Like you had two light guns yeah. and people could shoot them at yeah. the same time. I think that worked out. I think you could do it that way. It wasn't just passing the controller off. Um, but yeah, if I hmm, trying to think of like, a, did you, a did, did you play Contra? Yeah. Okay. That's yes. That, that is probably the, the real that's the one that sticks out to me. is like two people at the same time doing something. Yeah. So my my problem with Contra, like there's definitely the, the cool thing with Contra is how novel it was to be playing this game with another person right beside you. But the issue I have with Contra, it, I feel like there are two schools of thought when it comes to co-op gaming to, to make it really effective co-op gaming. Either the people have to play differently and, and use their abilities in tandem. And, and that's when we're talking about games like Destiny um, and or there are games that are specifically designed for players that can do the same thing. But now that there are two of them, there are things that they wouldn't be able to do single player. And that's where games like uh, games like portal Two come out. And I know right. uh, it's on your list and I want you to talk about it is, is snipper clips. Like snipper clips is another game where having a second person, they do the exact same things as you, but now you can solve puzzles that are way different. Sure. And Contra is one of those games that is functionally just the same game, except now you have two people dealing out damage. And the only real difference is that you can have different guns. If you, if you go and and find them in the levels, like one person can use the spread gun and one person can use the laser or something. And, and that's interesting, but it doesn't really change the game in that fundamental way at the same time it was a real progenitor of co-op gaming in that way so you kind of give it a pass because look how there's the novelty to look how cool it is that two guys can just run around and and play this game at the same time so there's a game that i didn't put on this list because one i think the developers are just pieces of shit like absolute (laughs) like terrible people but we mentioned destiny too I'm talking to you, Luke Smith. Uh, no, uh, it's Payday, Payday Two. So, ah. you know, like this is a game that, on paper, sign me the fuck up. Like a heist yeah. game that you're working with people. Like 
You got a guy that's a wheelman. You got a guy that's going in to do the safe. You got a guy that's going to keep the people where they need to be. You got to shoot them up, escape, like bag and grab them. Like that sounds fucking great. And even in Grand Theft Auto Five, they did that. They achieved the heist missions that you could do co- cooperatively, and that was fucking right. awesome. But those guys that make payday are real fuckers, and I don't want to support that game. Uh, how so? I, I this is news to me. I, I don't. What's going on with that studio? Um. Like, they went years without updating it. They did all kinds of fucking, like, real shady microtransaction mm-hmm. type shit. Um, just, there's a, there's a whole myriad of things that you should read into that right. we could probably have a whole back-end show on. Um, <laughs> Maybe. They, 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 I don't know if they will piss you off as much as somebody like Bethesda at this point in time, but they're, they're not wonderful. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, well, so in that, in that second camp for me of those games that are designed, uh, that you have the same person, basically the same people in, but just by having a second person, it really changes the way you play a game. One of my favorites here is, is Left 4 Dead. Like that's, that is what that game is built around is having four people who all play, who they all are functionally the same. You you grab whatever weapons you want, and the weapons can be different. Like somebody can grab a shotgun instead of an assault rifle, but everyone has the option to grab any of those weapons. But because one person grabs a med kit and another person grabs pills, uh, because people can go down and not out, and other people can bring them back up, it's like that game is. I mean, it's the quintessential co-op game. It was built to be that, and I think it really achieved it. And and I'm not the biggest fan of Left 4 Dead 2. Uh, I think they added in a lot of things that I was not a fan of, uh, especially when it came to melee combat. Uh, right. I think they changed that for the worse. Uh, but those those games just exude what co-op gaming should be about. And, and honestly, it exudes it for for both kind of co-op and competitive because now you have a team of four other people who are playing a cooperative game against you. Uh, but it feels very different from playing like a, like a four on four halo match or something like that. I would play that game again. I totally would. I I've, I played it a couple of years ago with some friends over, over steam because that's what people had. And I prefer playing that on with a controller. So I prefer playing an Xbox 360 version of that but uh yeah I, I would totally go back and play left for dead right now and have a have a good ass time like that game that game's awesome so you got a game on here chase that i've watched some fucking videos on and i've I never have to. played it i've only played it once and man talk about a fucking rush uh yeah keep talking and nobody explodes yeah, uh, I got to play this at a PAX uh, one time, and was it fun? And it, yeah, because they it, it's fun when you can have the exact experience that they want you to have. Uh, because this game, one person is looking at a screen, and they have they're in a dark room uh, with a bomb, and it's it's very much MacGyver. Esque, yeah. where like the the bomb the bomb is right here. It's very uh, Hollywood inspired, and the bomb has all these different wires and timers and things on it that that you don't necessarily understand. But 
you have your bomb squad people on on the line or in your ear in your uh, headset or whatever and right. those people are all the other people playing the game and those people will have uh, a book or have different pages from a book that will tell you the instructions for how the bomb works or how the different modules on the bomb work so there's this is all timed obviously it's all yeah i mean it's timed with the bomb the bomb is on a timer so it's counting down and you can set the different times to whatever you want to to make it harder or easier you can also add more modules uh that will you have to do more things to to uh disarm the bomb but the the point is you have only one person looking at the screen and the other people are looking at the the book and so it's this real disconnect of I mean, it's it's two players who each have information the other one does not have access to. And because the, the people with the book can't see the bomb, so they can't tell you exactly what the what something looks like. Uh, and then the person disarming the bomb obviously doesn't see all the instructions of what to do. So there's there's a communication here that needs to right. to be paramount. And and you find little shorthand things. And I mean, it's similar in a game like game like destiny where uh, I think they've even encouraged it in destiny. So you like, when you do your multiplayer modes, there are different uh, place names for the different parts of the map. So somebody can say, Oh, I'm at rocks. Uh, there's, there's two people at rocks, uh, you know, whatever. And there's MMO stuff with that too. I mean, you talk about dots damage over time and, and things like that. There's lots of little lingo and you start to get that same kind of thing with this, because again, it's a timed thing. You need to quickly, uh, quickly communicate this information to somebody and get it back. So <laughs> like watching other people play it, there's a symbol on, on the bomb. There's a bunch of these buttons uh, that have different symbols on them. And they're not just one, two, three, four, five. That would be way too easy. Right. It's, it's like, this looks kind of like a Y, but it's got an extra, extra little line on it. And, and somebody goes, Oh, well there are actually two symbols that kind of look like that. So what, can you be more specific than that? Um, I remember watching somebody play it and like, oh, it's it's a it's a lambda symbol. And the people who were in the book are like, I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, it's, it's the Half-Life symbol. And like, oh, okay, why didn't you just say that? <laughs> um, so it's, it's so fucking like I watched I watched one guy play this with the crew man that mm-hmm. like if there was ever a real fucking bomb, like I'd probably want this guy on it. Because <laughs> he would he would like turn the bomb and be like, okay, you go, you go, and like it was insane watching this happen. Right. So, so what happens with if you get a big enough group? I mean, you could just play it with two people. It could be one person has the big giant book, and the other person is is trying to disarm the bomb. It's more fun when you get more people in to look at the book. So now, now you assign different jobs to people. Of okay, this person is on uh, regular wires. So if right. if the guy's like, okay, I, I got a wire puzzle here. Uh, and they're like, okay, I, I'm on wires. Is the first one red? Is the is the third one, uh, you know, A or whatever? And and then you answer questions like that. And then like the next thing can be this one's a big button. It, and okay, oh, I have the big button page, so I'll I'll do the instruction for this one. And it's just it's really fun to play. When I when I played it at PAX, I was on the uh, I, I was not the the bomb disarmer. I was one of the people with the pages. And Read the book. Yeah, so there's there's very much a frustration you get uh, on that side because you have to wait 
for somebody to, to feed you information. Uh, so like you, you just see, you see and hear the person with the bomb going, um, well, and you're like, dude, you need to fucking tell me yeah. something. Uh, tell doesn't me tell me on. anything. Like, t- what does what does this module look like? Does it? it and finally, they'll say something. And like, okay, all right. So, so you're on the the advanced wires that are that are with twisted colors. Okay, that's me. Um, tell me if there's a battery on the bomb, and you have to wait for them to go. Like, uh, well, uh, I don't know. And then finally, they say, "Oh yeah, yeah, there is a battery here." Okay, is it is it one or two batteries? Oh well, it's two. And it's like you're wasting precious seconds. I need information yes. now. Oh, it's it's an exhilarating experience. Uh, if you can play it with the book, like the the book is out there, the PDF that you can print out. It's it's thick, uh, so like go to a Kinkos or something and print it out. Uh, but if you can play that with with a bunch of good friends, that will be a really good experience. Oh yeah, man. No, and it's I, fun to watch too. It, it's just fun to, to I would watch. watch. A lot of people do it on streams. All day long. Uh, Extra life was, was just this last weekend. So I'm sure somebody somewhere, giant bomb, probably, uh, I know they played it a lot the year before. Uh, so I, I would imagine that somebody might bring it back for this year. Okay. Oh, that game's good. Good stuff. Uh, talk to me about snipper clips because this was a game I was so hyped about when when the uh when the switch came out i know i i famously made a very uh crazy statement where i said this game is is better than zelda and i think i would stand by that if i had played more of it cooperatively but because this is a game you there is a single player component to it but i it's Eh. not nearly as fun uh if you're if it, when you're playing it with somebody else. So I didn't get to play a whole lot of this with another person. Uh, you did because you have another human being who lives in a house with you. Uh, yes. So tell me more about snipper clips and why so, it's better than Zelda. <laughs> I'm going to take copy a lot of what you said about portal and apply that over here really quick. Okay. Um, so it's a game about perspective in my opinion and execution of that perspective and so what happens though is that like that it really forces you to communicate with the person you're playing with like in a game you can like do something like okay i can tell that like chase is over there in the game right now he's got that under control but when you're playing this 2d some yeah pretty much primarily 2d game like you have to talk out loud about like we got to get this ball over there and it's going to require you listening to me on taking some orders or when you need to be taking orders from them. Right. It's uh, complete so, interaction. Uh, like, like you yeah. said, like if we're playing Destiny 2, I can say, oh, I'll go over there and kill that guy. That, and that's fine. But it's, think, it's, when you get to, it's when you get to this game where it's, it has to be like, I need you to turn me into this shape so then I can do this other thing. And when I do this other thing, right. you need to stand under me so I can get Correct. higher. To a certain degree, it's if you've ever put together a jigsaw puzzle with somebody in real life, it's very similar about like, I'm working on the outside edge, you need to find pieces. Oh, this piece will work for you right now. Like, it's a communication about like, what am I looking for? What do you need? Oh, that goes here. And you're talking out loud when you're putting it. Oh, I found a piece that would work for you. And I, I see a lot of that here with this game. Um, I've played this game a handful of times with four people, actually. And it goes from an intimate uh, expose on like relationships and communication 
to <laughs> uh, controlled chaos, which is you've got four people running around and you got, okay, I know what I want to fucking do. Okay, hey, I need to do this. Oh, that's really funny. You just cut me into a weird shape again. Okay, could, could you stop cutting me? Uh, okay, I get it. You just cut my head off and that's funny. Oh, you're doing the tippy toe dance. That's really cute. Oh, oh you cut me again. Okay. Um, well, let's, uh, oh, but please, can I, okay. I guess the it ball's becomes, on the ground. Now. Yeah, it becomes like herding cats at that point. Yeah. And so it makes for a really interesting game. I, here's what I would like to do <laughs> I would like to get four people in a room and I'd like to get them good and buzzed and I'd like to give them that game and I'd like to see what would happen because I think that would be a good time. Totally. Um, but that game is really creative in the sense that it is, um, you can really like play that. So I can play that game with you, go back in and load the same level setup with another person and play it completely differently. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really, really impactful for a game that is all about exploring communication and relationship uh, play. Yeah. I mean, that. that's, I'm a, I like snipper clips a lot. I we we need to find some time to play that game together. Drunken uh, snipper clips. Yes, let's let's get some gin slushies and let's uh, let's play some snipper clips. That'll be that'll be a good time. Um, we have a ton of other games on this. I, I we made a big list of these games, and despite leave me it saying to I, us to be over ambitious. Yeah, despite me saying that I uh, have not played a lot of co op stuff, I actually have a lot of stuff here that I still want to talk about. So. We've gone on quite a while. I think it would make sense if we pick this up in another episode, in, yeah. in maybe next week's episode, and talk about a lot more of these games. Because like, we talked about Destiny, but we didn't even talk about Halo. Like Halo is a definitive Listen, co-op experience that we should probably I discuss. can cooperate with what you're asking. Oh, God. Worst. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we're both the worst people. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's wrap this puppy up. So, as Chase, you mentioned earlier, we have an Instagram account. We're at the Casual Hour. We're also at the Casual Hour on Twitter. We have not been active on there, but there could be a resurgence and a renaissance period for our tweets, so you're welcome. Uh, if you want to email us some of the games that you enjoy playing with other people, do so at uh, our website, which is thecasualhour.com slash contact. Or you can yeah, we'll, uh, we'll make sure to mention those games uh, in the next episode if, some, if somebody writes in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can also email us directly, which our email address is thecasualhour at gmail.com. Um, but Chase, outside of listening to me lament about things and go on about nonsense, you do record a really, really well done podcast called Gamers on the Go. And <laughs> you've been busy. Uh, yeah, it, it's been a while since I've made new episodes for that. But I, I like I've been teasing. I have had other episodes in the... In, kind of in the can or at least uh, really close to recording and now I have those recorded and and done uh, there's a new one out right now um, episode 66 uh, which is on okay. Iron Marines which is a game that I've talked about here that iOS yes. game uh, from uh, from Ironhide Studios the people who made Kingdom Rush um, I talked to two of their developers uh, all the way yeah. from Uruguay and that episode turned out really well I, I think if you are interested in in Iron Marines especially, but uh, Ironhide Studios or even just game development in general, uh, that, that that was a fun conversation uh, with those guys. So that episode is up right now. You can find that at gamersonthego.com. 
Uh, you can also search Gamers on the Go on iTunes, and we will be the first result there. Um, and then uh, that show also gets tweeted about at GOTG Podcast is the Twitter handle there. So uh, a few cool. different ways to, to find that. Um, and then I have another one that has been recorded and has been edited and will go up later this week. Uh, but I'll talk about that on next week's episode. But that one is one that I was also extremely excited to make happen. So good stuff. That's awesome, man. Um, well, it's been a pleasure catching up with you this week on what we're doing here in the casual hour. And I had, uh, no idea that Mario would be considered a co-op game. And we talked about Mario way too much tonight, but, uh, it deserves it across the board. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'm probably going to put it down for a little while, uh, cause there are lots of other things I need to play. I want to finish golf story. I want to play. Uh, Horizon and Wolfenstein and those kinds of games. I, I need to finish up the last little bits of Monster Hunter Stories so I can play anything else on my 3DS. Uh, lots of lots of stuff to go on, but uh, but of course I've I've collected a, a ton of moons. Uh, Bobby over there has has a paltry amount of moons, so maybe Just he'll have to play that sad, game more. Sad amount of moons. It really is sad. Like we Johnny and and Bobby and I were all talking about our the number of moons we had captured and. And I was quite surprised uh, that Bobby was under 200, and that was a little disappointing to say the least. I'm I'm uh, at 200 now, though. Well, that's good. I'm uh, at 300 now, so maybe you should uh, try and, working a little uh, harder. I digress. <laughs> so I mean, there's uh, there's 999 moons in that game. Neither of us is close to uh, I got to finishing it. Moons in a Bitch ain't one. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) God damn it. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for tuning in and making this show happen. We appreciate you all, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a great night.